Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I'm going to speak about a powerful revelation of God's great love and His beautiful grace. As I was praying about what to share this week, He wanted me to speak about His revelation of the one. So not the one as in a man, but the one as in a soul. God has such a beautiful and powerful way that He teaches us valuable lessons, right? There was a time that I lived with a very challenging, unsaved young woman. And even though she was instantly drawn to me in my faith, it was very emotionally draining for me daily because she would come home and she would just vent just all these things happening to her. And I remember I would feel like very heavy. She brought a lot of drama and immorality into the house. Besides that, she had a puppy that would get sick all the time and I would have to clean it up for her. So it wasn't a positive roommate situation. So after quite some time, honestly, I was really over it. And I was basically venting to God. And in my confusion, I asked him, why did you move me here to this side of town that I don't like in this place with this girl? What's the purpose of this? I know you have better. And why am I here? I just felt very frustrated that God had me there. And I was like, I know you have better for me. Well, friends, I am forever changed by his response. I'm talking truth bomb. The Holy Spirit instantly spoke so loud and clear to me. He said, I brought you here for her. Don't ever forget how much I love the one. I would move heaven and earth for the one. I would die for the one. It froze me instantly, and I just lost it. I felt the powerful, sweet presence of God fill my room. I was very emotional, and he stamped that revelation so deep in my heart that I am forever changed. And this is a girl that she basically did it all. I mean, you have a list of things that are immoral. She did it all. But for her alone, he moved me across town, put me in this situation, put me in this house to live with this girl because that's how much he loved her. He loves her so much that he brought me here just for her, even in all of her sin and immorality, to send me to be his message of hope to her. That blows my mind how great God's love is for us. You know, God tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, God died for us. Christ died for us when we were sinners, not because we were good enough, not because we did all the right things and said all the right things or because we were perfect, but even in our sin, even when he knew that we would turn our back against him, he still died for us. Who loves you like that? Who would ever love us like that? Nobody loves us like Jesus loves us. If you ever start to think that you don't have a purpose on this earth, or you're not special, or does God see you? Does He hear you? Does He really love you? (laughs) Let that be a reminder that you are so worth it, that He would die all over again just for you. You are that important to Him. And because I poured into that roommate, even though she was hard to love, I had access to her heart. I was able to share Christ's love and to speak into her life. I even invited her to church and she came. And even though she was still living in sin, she didn't repent on the spot and come to Christ in that moment. I believe that I made a significant mark in her life and she is not the same because of it. Even now, as I'm recalling this story, he's touching my heart as he did that day. Oh, how God loves the one. You know, we live in a culture now where it's all about numbers. Sometimes we think popularity equals success, especially in our day and age of social media, 
you know, how many followers do you have? Oh, that means that you're really anointed or you're really favored or you're, you're popular, you know, you're well known, but that's not true. Not to God. The number of followers doesn't matter. He would die for the one. One broken, lost, and hurting soul moves his heart to great measures. God chases that single soul. He leaves the 99 to bring home the one. Let that sink in. You know, in Luke it says, If you had a hundred sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others to go and search for the lost one until you found it? God is not about numbers. God is not about crowds. He looks at hearts. He looks at that single person, that one that's rejected, the one that feels unloved. And just as Jesus would leave the masses for that one soul, let us gladly give that same love to those he puts in our way. Sometimes we're too busy to see the one, but God wants us to pay attention because every soul counts. So just yesterday, I had a friend over, and we were having a really good, deep conversation. So she asked me, being a Christian, a lot of times we just surround ourselves with Christians, and we can kind of be in a Christian bubble. So how can we be the light to the world without compromising, you know, without being like the world, but reaching to the world? And that's a great question, right? My answer is we have to reflect Jesus' love. That's the only way that they will see a difference. Even the ones that are challenging, maybe don't believe in God, are not living a moral life, like the girl that God had me live with for a season. Reflecting Jesus' love is the only way that we can make a difference in the world. You know, Christians already have a reputation of not loving well, you know. They've seen the picketing. They've heard things like turn or burn, you know, and they're used to Christians being judgmental, unloving, unaccepting, right? So that's a reputation that Christians have and have had for a long time. So how can we really break that barrier and show them just how much Jesus really loves and cares about their soul? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not his wrath, but his kindness. The only way to get their attention is to love like Jesus. You know, I work in the wedding industry, so I am surrounded by different types of people. You know, they think that things are okay that I don't necessarily agree with. But when I walk into the room, I want to carry Jesus into the room. I want to be example of who he is. I don't go in there with a, a frown on my face. I don't go in there with an attitude or a judgmental spirit. I go in there full of love. Do I compromise? No. Do I try to look like them or fit in? No. But I'm just who God's called me to be. But I want to be a carrier of his presence and a carrier of his love. That's how we as believers need to be and who God has called us to be. So the world is used to Christians that are judgmental and unloving. They're not used to seeing the face of Jesus. We need to be that face of Jesus. The only way that we can love those that are challenging and hard to love is to spend time with Jesus so he can make us like him. You know, if we're not in his word, if we're not in his presence, if we're not filled to pour out, then we won't really have that type of love because in our own nature, we cannot love the way that Jesus loves. It will not be something that we can just wake up and naturally do. It's only by his supernatural power that we're able to love well. I mean, if I just wake up and I don't spend time with God and I just step out the door, I mean, who knows what my attitude will be? I mean, I might go off on someone. But if I spend time with him first thing, and then I go out, no matter who I encounter, I'm able to have the grace that I need for that person. 
That doesn't mean I agree with them. That doesn't mean I'm okay in the environment I'm in, but I'm able to bring the light into the darkness. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to love well and still not compromise. And you can do both. I'm reminded of Ephesians 2, and I like how the message translation puts it. It says, It wasn't so long ago that we were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us were in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our dead sin lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in a highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now that God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from the start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we did the whole thing ourselves, right? No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does. The good work He has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. (laughs) Amen. And as my friend and I were talking yesterday, you know, I was sharing with her my own past. You know, when I was, you know, from 18 to 24, I was a clubber. I was a partier. You know, I just, I lived in the world. You know, I was hurt by something that happened in my family and it kind of turned me away and I, I went my own way. And it was only by God's grace and mercy, he protected me even in my life of sin. Even when I turned away from him, he was protecting me and I felt him and I knew he was close to me, even though I wasn't wanting to draw close to him. That's a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and his great love for us, his great overwhelming love for us. So as soon as we see someone else that's not living for God, don't forget the times when you weren't living for God. And even if it wasn't maybe your actions, it could have been your heart. Your heart wasn't right. So we need to approach the one with a humble heart, with a loving heart, with kindness, and allow his grace to be a reflection through us. I'm not saying, you know, just go to the club with a bunch of worldly people, just drop it like it's hot and party and, you know, show Christ's love as you're dropping it. You know, I'm not saying that. We have to have the wisdom and discernment and live uncompromising life, yet be a reflection of Jesus. You know, during that time when I was a party girl, it wasn't me thinking God was up there judging me with a gavel like a judge and he was out to get me and I was scared so I better come back to him. Really, it was his sweet wooing. It was his sweet kindness that was leading me to repentance. It was God's love that brought me back to him. It wasn't me thinking I was in trouble or a judgmentalness. It was more his love. And that's what the world needs. The only thing that's going to draw them to Jesus is knowing that there is a better option out there. There's something better than what they have now. I'm reminded of another time where God really showed me how much He loves the one and how important the one is. I I traveled to California to visit my family, and on this one trip, 
I was really exhausted. I wasn't feeling social at all, which is not like me, but yes, I was really exhausted. I remember approaching the airline counter and they they suddenly informed me that there would be a three-hour delay. Come on now. I was like, but I felt to call up an acquaintance to grab lunch. During that time, I was able to minister and pray for her regarding her missing brother. And after the delay, the woman sitting next to me on the plane within minutes starts pouring out her heart. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. But I know that God has a purpose and there's no accidents. Then she gets louder and tells me that she's going through an ugly divorce. Okay, so that was on the plane. Then when I landed in Colorado and I was going to eat, I asked the waitress how she was doing. She instantly starts telling me she had a horrible day and had a fight with her boyfriend. And then she starts crying. And so I prayed for her. And after that moment with the waitress, I sat there in silence and God just reminded me once again that there's so many hurting people in this world and we are His hands and feet. We are meant to be sensitive to our surroundings for there's no coincidences and the delay was no accident. He sets things up. And because of that delay, I was able to be at the right place at the right time. At the end of the day, realizing, wow, God, you once again set this up. Oh, how much you love the one how you would die for the one. You would move heaven and earth for the one. You know, I wasn't always like this. Honestly, I probably didn't care about people the way that I do now. I didn't really see things as God as I do now. You know, I've always been ultra independent. I'm the oldest of a large family. I have two businesses, a total girl boss, you know. It wasn't until I allowed God to do something new in me to where he started to give me a love and a heart for people that I didn't always have. Jesus has made me more compassionate, more empathetic, more kingdom-minded, more focused on what's internal than ever before. God has proven over and over that He takes care of the temporary when we prioritize the eternal, and souls are what's eternal. Nothing else will matter when it's all said and done. We can't take anything that we've done on this earth with us. It's only what's done for Christ that will really last. You might be asking, so how do I really change my way of thinking to come out of my own busyness, my own schedule, and to have a sensitivity and to pay attention to the one? Well, I will tell you right now, it takes spending time with Jesus so you can become like him to become a carrier of his presence. There's also a specific prayer that will change your life. I pray this every day. I pray for divine appointments. It's the one prayer that always gets answered without a doubt every single time I pray it because it's what God is all about. It's His kingdom. It's His heart. Praying for divine appointments is everything that God is all about. So He answers that prayer without fail and right away. There's always someone that will call me or I'll feel led to call, someone that will come visit me, or or sometimes I'm the divine appointment and someone will call me and encourage me, and I know that that's from God. So I encourage you to pray for divine appointments because that's what it's all about. There's nothing more fulfilling more satisfying, more gratifying, nothing. Money can't do it. Success can't do it. Followers can't do it. Friends can't do it. A man can't do it. A girl can't do it. Nothing can do it like making Jesus known. There's a supernatural joy and peace and pleasure from God when we are doing what we are created to do.
I'm reminded of a couple years ago when God told me, you're going to break the spirit of suicide off people and you won't even know it just by the words that come out of your mouth. I'm like, wow. So you just never know. You know, you might speak to someone that that was going to be the last day that they wanted to be alive. I mean, you just don't know the impact you can make. But unless we spend time with Jesus so we can reflect Jesus, then all the world sees is the same old, same old. And why would the world want to give up their life of whatever they're doing, living how they want to live, to be like someone that looks miserable? You can quote scripture, you can preach about Jesus, you can even speak truth. But unless you are a reflection of Christ's love, then it really doesn't matter. All the world will see is an angry Christian, you know, and we already have a reputation for that. One of the greatest proofs to me that really shows me that someone is not just saying that they're a Christian, but they really are a Jesus follower and God has changed their life is how they handle adversity. How somebody handles trials and pain and the hurt that happens to all of us and how they react and how they carry themselves, what they talk about is the greatest proof that God makes all the difference. You know, we all go through things, but when we carry God's presence, we can't help but express joy and love to other people because we see His perspective in everything that we've gone through. That doesn't mean that we're not hurting, but He is a greater reflection than what we've gone through. If we claim to have the light of the world inside of us, to have Jesus living inside of us, yet we walk around miserable, complaining all the time, well, then what's the difference between us and everybody else? You know, we carry the difference. We are the walking proof that God exists. We are the proof that He is the only peace giver, the protector, the provider. Jesus is the answer to the questions and the missing peace. Because I'm telling you, friends, Jesus is so attractive. If you're filled with Jesus, you just walk into a room and people will see Jesus through you. The Holy Spirit actually just reminded me of something that happened to me that I wasn't planning on sharing. But when I was in the corporate world, and this was over 10 years ago, I worked for a very successful Silicon Valley company, and it was an office full of women. And they were very catty, gossiped all the time. I actually worked for one of the girls that none of them liked. So that group of girls would always take me to lunch, and they would gossip about the girl that I was working for. And then when I would go to work with that girl, she would talk about the other girls and so on. But, you know, all the girls, the whole office, they all liked me, you know, and it was really because I had nothing to say and I didn't really get involved. I was kind to everybody. I was loving to everyone, but I never picked a side. And the interesting thing is when I was leaving that job, I'll never forget this. But as I was leaving, girls from both of the sides, right, both of the kind of conflicts, came into the lobby to say bye to me. So there was some girls on one side of the room and some of the ladies on the other side of the room, right? And they were all just saying like, bye, Leah, we'll miss you. And all of a sudden, the main girl that was head of the office, she stopped everybody and she said, what we notice about you is that you never gossiped. I remember thinking like, wow, they noticed that? And it's not like they didn't put me in situations where it would have been easy to talk about other people or or chime in, but I just never did. I always kept the peace, and I always just wanted to reflect God in that situation. 
You know, I never even saw any of those women ever again, but that was the mark that I made in that office. And I'm not saying that I never gossip in my life. I'm not saying that, but I did not have that reputation in that office. I want to show people that Jesus is what makes the difference. He makes me different than the ordinary. As soon as we claim to be a Christian, people are watching us. They are intensely watching our every move. That doesn't mean that we are perfect. Of course, we are not perfect. But the definition of Christian means Christ-like. So if we are not being Christ-like, then who else are we reflecting? Well, friends, that wraps up this message on the one and reflecting who Jesus is. I hope that this has really encouraged you and given you a new perspective on how much God loves the one. And there's nothing more fulfilling and more pleasing to God than having a kingdom mentality and walking in our purpose with a pure heart that pleases Him. If there's someone at work that's hurting, if there's someone in your neighborhood, when you're shopping, just anywhere you're at, just pay attention because God wants to use you to be the difference in someone's life. You know, everybody, no matter how satisfied we seem, we're all looking to fill that God-shaped void that only God can fill. Jesus is the saving grace that we all need. He gives joy that the world can't give. He gives love that's unconditional. You know, He never changes. He's always there for us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And the one needs to know that. You don't know what you can be to someone, but you have to stop and pay attention and be ready to pour in. Stop, look, and listen. Let me pray over you, friends, as we end today. Lord, help us to stop in our busy day to reach out to those you place in our way and help us to pay attention to our surroundings and reach out to those in need. Give us a greater hunger to spend time with you, to linger in your presence. Pour into us who you are so we can be a reflection of you to the world, Lord God, so we can be the difference that they're looking for. We can bring the hope that they need and the love that they need and the peace that they need. Lord God, only you and your supernatural power can do this within us. So I pray that we would step outside of ourselves so that we can see those that are surrounded by us. Nothing's ever an accident, Lord. You put us in the right place at the right time to speak to the right person. So I just pray that you would give us a sensitivity to the one, that you would give us a sensitivity to those that are in our path, Lord God, so that we can make you known, Lord God, so that we can pour out your love and be the light that this world needs. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Be sure to subscribe for all the latest blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com and follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Remember, life becomes clearer when we focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Bye.